48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. A former Basic Law Committee member insists that it's within Beijing's power to impose national security laws on the SAR. The government says it's sticking with its growth forecast for the economy, despite Washington's plan to revoke Hong Kong's trade privileges. And there are more violent U.S. protests as demonstrators vent their anger at the police killing of an unarmed black man. A former deputy director of the Basic Law Committee insists Beijing can impose national security laws on Hong Kong, even though the Basic Law states otherwise. Article 23 of Hong Kong's mini constitution says it's the responsibility of the Hong Kong government to enact such legislation on its own. But Elsie Leung told RTHK's Backchat program that just because Hong Kong had so far failed to do so didn't mean Beijing wasn't allowed to act. Hong Kong is the special administrative region directly under the Central People's Government. Now, Central People's Government has the overall control of Hong Kong subject to the performance of the basic law. If you fail to do it, and then you say that the Central People's Government should not do it and just let national security endangered, how could that hold up You can't rely on your own failure, your own fault, to say that you have the right to do it and that nobody else should do it. China's parliament approved the resolution for the security law last Thursday. Another deputy director of the Basic Law Committee says she has no inside information about Beijing's national security law. Maria Tam noted that the National People's Congress Standing Committee had yet to be given the wording of the bill and she only knew what she read through the media. I haven't got anything. I have no material, no discussion, no meeting, no notice of meeting. I haven't seen any draft, any background paper, any consultation paper, nothing. What I saw is already published. According to the basic law, the committee should be consulted in the lawmaking process. The NPC passed the resolution for the security law last Thursday. Ms Tam urged people to express their views on the law, but indicated that it was pointless to oppose it because Beijing would be enacting it. A pro-Beijing alliance says it's collected over 2.9 million signatures in the past eight days in support of Beijing's planned law. Various parties and groups in the alliance set up street booths across the territory to collect signatures. The convener of the alliance and Hong Kong's only delegate to the NPC Standing Committee, Tam Yu Chung, says their campaign shows the legislation has widespread support here. He says they'll hand the signatures to the liaison, liaison office so it can relay people's views to the central government. Seven former British foreign secretaries have urged the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, to take the lead in the international response to Beijing's new national security law. In a letter to Mr Johnson, the senior former ministers say Beijing's actions are a flagrant breach of the joint declaration reached between Beijing and London when Britain handed back Hong Kong to China more than 20 years ago. They recommend forming an international group to coordinate action. In other news, an infectious disease expert has urged the government to find any so-called loopholes leading to the first local cases of coronavirus here in more than two weeks. A 34-year-old woman is critically ill with COVID-19. Her husband and two colleagues also tested positive. Dr Ho Pak Leung of the University of Hong Kong told RTHK that the authorities should try to find out if the infection came from returnees who were doing home quarantine or from discharged patients who tested positive for the virus again. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan has told lawmakers there's no need for the moment to review his economic forecast despite Washington's announcement last Friday that it plans to revoke Hong Kong's special trade and investment privileges. The government has estimated that the local economy will emerge from a trough in the second half. 
after experiencing its steepest quarterly plunge on record, falling 8.9% year-on-year in the first three months of the year. Through an interpreter, Mr Chan told Allegco panel that the government is keeping its forecast from late April. We have taken into account the pandemic of COVID-19. We conducted an assessment. We assessed that there would be an economic contraction by about 4 to 7 percent. Well, with the legislation of the national security law, the accountable team of the government has been talking to different sectors. The business sector said that given last year's violent incidents as well as the emergence of separatism, the most important thing is to restore law and order and stability. Labour Secretary Lo Chi Kuang has denied suggestions that his new Undersecretary Ho Kai Ming was appointed in a bid to pacify the pro-establishment camp after its defeat in last year's District Council polls. Mr Law said Mr Ho was the first candidate that came to mind, showing an interest in politics and knowledge of policy formation. Mr Ho resigned as a Federation of Trade Unions legislator to join the administration today. While he's been a vocal critic of government labour policies, he doesn't think that will affect his working relationship with his new boss. Here's Mr Ho. I think that we, when we are in different positions, we will have different points of views to uh, certain people or certain uh, policy. And in this new position uh, in the government, I will try my best to learn from the secretary to make good policy. I will bring the concerns of the trade unions and the employees to the government to deepen the discussion for the uh, policy. Overseas now and police in the United States have clashed with protesters across the country as anger intensifies over the killing by police of an African-American man, George Floyd, last Monday. There have been violent confrontations in dozens of cities, including New York, Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia and Los Angeles. Police near the White House in Washington fired tear gas at demonstrators who lit fires and threw stones at riot officers. Here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. America is witnessing the most widespread racial turbulence and civil unrest since the violent backlash to the assassination of Martin Luther King in 1968. More than 75 cities have seen protests, with streets only days ago deserted because of coronavirus, thronged with demonstrators marching shoulder to shoulder, many of whom have defied curfews imposed to curb arson and looting. In the past 24 hours, Donald Trump has been tougher on the rioters than the cause of the riots, the alleged murder of George Floyd by a white officer in Minneapolis, and the problem of police brutality more broadly. U.S. media reports say President Trump was taken to an emergency bunker in the White House on Friday because of concerns about the threat from protesters outside the building. The reports say Mr. Trump was only in the bunker for about an hour, but the incident has added to official unease about the demonstrations. In Minneapolis, demonstrators gathered at the spot where George Floyd died. Speaking to journalists there, Pastor Jalilia Abdul-Brown urged people to respect his legacy. The looting that happened had nothing to do with George Floyd. His family even asked the people to stop looting because his memory is going to be bigger than uh, looting and the rioting and the arson that they did to the buildings. So his legacy will be one of Minneapolis coming back together, Minneapolis being a city of unity. In response to the protests, President Trump has announced he wants to designate the anti-fascist movement Antifa a terrorist organization. Mr. Trump's Democratic Party rival Joe Biden has visited one protest site in Wilmington, Delaware, promising to listen to the protesters' concerns. Manila is coming out of one of the world's longest and strictest coronavirus lockdowns, but certain restrictions will remain. Here's the BBC's Michael Bristow. 
Residents in Manila have had to abide by strict regulations. Just one adult in each household was allowed out to go to a supermarket or the chemist or to seek medical help. Only essential workers left home. There were also curbs on transport and outdoor exercise. Manila was closed off from the rest of the Philippines. Some shops, workplaces and transport links have now reopened, but schools, tourist sites and dining restaurants will remain closed. The old and the young will have to stay indoors. The number of confirmed coronavirus cases in Brazil has passed the half-million mark, accounting for more than a half of all cases in Latin America and the Caribbean. It's the world's second-largest outbreak after the United States, with the fourth-highest number of deaths. A tropical storm has caused widespread damage in El Salvador, killing at least 11 people and leaving more than 1,000 homeless. The government has declared a state of emergency for the next two weeks. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. Storm Amanda has caused heavy rain, floods and landslides across the country. The authorities say more than a year's worth of rain has fallen in El Salvador in the past 24 hours. The storm has also led to severe flooding in neighbouring Guatemala, but there are no reports of casualties there. Amanda has now been downgraded to a tropical depression. The disruption comes at the worst possible time for the two Central American countries, which have been suffering the human and economic impact of the coronavirus pandemic since the beginning of March. The first American astronauts to travel on a commercially built craft have been welcomed on board the International Space Station. The two crew members, Doug Hurley and Bob Benkin, were greeted by a fellow NASA astronaut and two Russian cosmonauts. The docking more than 400 kilometres above Earth was the first by a US spacecraft carrying crew members in nearly a decade. Doug Hurley paid tribute to those who'd worked on the project. We go honor to be just a small part of this uh, nine-year endeavor since the last time the United States spaceship has docked with the International Space Station. We have to congratulate the men and women of SpaceX at Hawthorne, McGregor, and at Kennedy Space Center. Bob Benkin said it was good to be part of a new era of U.S. space exploration. It's obviously been our honor to be just a small part of this. Uh, we have to give credit to SpaceX, the commercial crew program, and of course NASA. It's great to get the United States back in the uh, crewed launch business, and uh, we're just really glad to be on board this uh, magnificent complex. To finance now, and local blue chips have surged more than 3% after factory activity across the border unexpectedly returned to growth in May as strict measures to contain the coronavirus outbreak were eased. The Cation Market Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index rose to 50.7 last month, the highest reading since January. But export orders continued to shrink as the virus continued spreading overseas, leading to more job cuts in factories. Currencies and the US dollar is trading at 107.63 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 60 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng index was at 23,717. That's 756 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $92 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung. 
We start with football. England's Jadon Sancho has recorded the first hat-trick of his career as Borussia Dortmund thrashed Paderborn 6-1 in a German Bundesliga match played behind closed doors. The 20-year-old Sancho is the first English footballer since 1989 to score a hat-trick in one of the top Europe leagues outside the UK. He's also joined players across the Bundesliga who have offered support for the ongoing demonstrations against racism and political police brutality in the United States. The BBC's James Gregg reports. England forward Jadon Sancho revealed a Justice for George Floyd t-shirt after scoring a hat-trick on his first start for second place. Borussia Dortmund, since the Bundesliga resumed, they thrashed bottom side Paderborn six goals to one and they now move within seven points of leaders Bayern Munich with that victory. Earlier, Borussia Mönchengladbach moved into third with a 4-1 victory over Union Berlin. Sancho's Moroccan teammate Atraf Hakimi also revealed a justice for George Floyd t-shirt after he scored. Motion Gladbach's Marcus Turam dropped one knee to the ground after scoring against Union Berlin. His club said the gesture needed no explanation. In other football news, the English Premier League has the green light to resume as planned on the 17th of June after the UK government approved the return of competitive sport behind closed doors as of today. No players or staff tested positive from the latest round of coronavirus tests which were conducted on Thursday and Friday. So far, there's been 12 confirmed cases of the virus from the near 4,000 tests which were carried out across Across the top flight clubs. The Newcastle midfielder Isaac Hayden says it may take a few games before we see the level of intensity that people are used to. I think a lot of people get confused. They say, oh, well, you know, they've done their training program and, you know, they should be fit. They've been running, they've been doing this, but nothing can compare to when you get in a game situation and someone's running off you and then they check back and then the ball goes back and you have to constantly be changing your motion. Roger Federer has landed top spot on the 2020 Forbes list of highest paid athletes with pre-tax earnings of 106.3 million U.S. dollars. It's the first time the Swiss tennis legend tops the annual list. His earning includes 6.3 million dollars in prize money and 100 million from endorsements and appearance fees. His previous best ranking was second in 2013. Portuguese footballer Cristiano Ronaldo was second on the list with 105 million US dollars. Argentina's Lino Messi ranked third with 104 million. And as you look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A former Basic Law Committee member insists that it's within Beijing's power to impose national security laws on the SAR. The government says it's sticking with its growth forecast for the economy, despite Washington's plan to revoke Hong Kong's trade privileges. And there are more violent U.S. protests as demonstrators vent their anger at the police killing of an unarmed black man. The news from RTHK.
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, this Monday afternoon. Monday the 1st of June is today's date. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew this morning. I hope you all had a great weekend. And it's the start of the week, so we'll start today's program by chatting with educator Stuti Sharma from Curiosity Kids. And uh, she'll be talking about running science classes outdoors. That's right. And uh, Stuti will be joining us uh, just after half past one. And uh, after the two o'clock news, we'll be chatting with Nathan Sorlier, fitness coach, once again. And this week, we'll be uh, finding out his favorite workout routines at the moment. Uh, things to get us back onto the fitness wagon. And uh, finally, after 2.30, a bit of trash talk today. And uh, this week, Marcy Trent Long will be, spe- will be speaking to Alan Sham and also Tony Jung from the Environmental Protection Department about the government's fluorescent light recycling program. And uh, we want to hear from you as well. So feel free to drop us an email anytime uh, during the program. All channels of communication is wide open for you. We want to hear your thoughts so our email address is 123show at rthk.hk that's 123show at rthk.hk